0: Hello. Hello. Welcome to No Instructions number 10. We're in the double digits. I'm Bob. And I'm Josh. And we're in the double digits. Woo! Woohoo! And. Two whole hands. Two. Yeah. Well, not two whole hands. I guess it is two whole hands. I don't know why okay? that seemed weird for me. It is two whole hands. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, that's 12. It's not cartoon hands. That's weird. <laughs> Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't me. It was a 12-fingered a man. 12-fingered <laughs> It wasn't me. Yeah. So we're working on uh, book? Not not book. Well, it is book two. Lion 2, the Blue Lion. Both starting on the Blue Lion. Yep. Today of the Voltron LEGO set. Um, anybody that's watching the video, you may notice that I also made the little close-up cameras a little bit bigger. And it's funny because they're almost as big as like the, well, the angle's different but it kind of looks weird because you can see my torso and then it's like a cutoff and then oh, yeah. the rest of my torso. And also notice this, this is really cool, watch. So if I, if I make my hand go across, it goes out of one camera God, into yeah. the other, Whoa. and it's really big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know.
1: See, we, uh, see I'm going off to. Yep. Oh, man. It's weird. You should watch the YouTube video. It's just silliness. Yep. Damn.
0: Well, oh, welcome back. Welcome back. We got back Saturday. Today's Monday. Got back Saturday mm-hmm. from California.
1: This episode theoretically would have been done last week and released tomorrow.
2: Yeah. But that's probably not
0: happening. Oh, no, uh, no. No, no. We were in California working on a project with Matter Hackers. How was your trip? What did you think about the trip as a whole?
1: Uh, I think it went really well. So the, the project manager kind of designer part of me and talking to them, uh, our original, are we talking about the original product idea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Be before so originally we talked to Rhonda and Alec at Matter Hackers about making um, a big skee-ball table. And that's kind of the, uh, the sequel to the foosball table that you made. Mm-hmm.
0: Kids upstairs. Sorry. Bang, bang 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 bang.
1: But like making a foosball table is surprisingly difficult because uh,
0: not a foosball table, yeah, not a yeah, yeah. foosball table,
1: a ski ball table. Ski ball table. Ski Sorry, table. ski ball table. Just because is it of a like table?
0: Do you call that a table? I don't know what you call it. Ski ball. Ski ball run. Ski ball alley. Alley board. It game. Kind of, yeah. Ski ball game. There you go. Okay. Because you really
1: do have to make. But you don't really have to make two, but they would come in pairs so that you could kind of go against somebody. But Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of like official dimensions that you could either scale up or scale down for size. Like the ping pong table that we made that we're using right now, like there's an official table tennis league of the world. It should be this height by this width by this whatever. Um, That doesn't exist for ball. So the ramp...
0: That we could find. I would almost guarantee it's out there somewhere. I looked... On the dark web.
1: I I looked at a lot of places. And, I mean, people have made them. Yeah. But it's just... It's inconsistent as to, like, the ramp dimensions. And we weren't sure how big the space was going to be that they were going to need.
0: So my theory on that is that it's not a... It it is a single-player game. It's not a competitive game. So there's not a standard... Because you're really only playing against your past self. Whereas ping pong, you want two people to be able to practice on the same situation separately and come together and, and yeah, compete. I
1: looked at it like the the side by side kind of basketball arcade games.
0: I mean, you can play side by side with someone, right. but you don't have to.
1: True, but even building one, I mean, building one's hard enough. Building two is just twice as many of the same pieces. Yeah. No, I'm just talking about
0: why there's not a standard.
1: And I think it's, it's not a sport. Yeah. I mean, even that is a really, really weird topic about what is considered a sport versus a hobby versus a, like artistic form. Hmm. But I mean, there could be leagues. I, d- I don't know of any leagues, but there's not a lot of standardization in the skee-ball world. And it was a really busy time around here, so we didn't the have a lot of... World. Yeah, a lot of communication back and forth. And so as a... Managing that project, it got kind of nerve-wracking because it was like two weeks before we were supposed to go. And we're like, are you sure you want a skee-ball table? Like, how big does it need to be? And we're like, oh, we're not really sure. So we kind of scrapped it. um, And we went with uh, a perfection game. So we talked about making like a big game. And we went back and forth on a bunch of different ideas. The little claw thing that grabs. Don't give them all away because we might do some in the future. Okay, well, I already said the one. The shady, sketchy claw that may or may not work. And then a couple other things, and we settled on a gigantic game of Perfection. If you don't know what Perfection is, is a,
0: is it a board game? Um, nah, it's a, it's a it's game. It's in the board game
1: aisle, I guess. Yeah. So it's a plasticky kind of game. It has a timer. You push down this spring-loaded plate, and it has a bunch of pockets for uh, these shapes that are on pegs. And you have to race against the clock to put all of your little pegs in the little pockets. And if you don't, the whole spring-loaded board releases and all the pieces shoot up. And it's, ah, uh, so it's, you know, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun and terror. Yeah. A little bit together. So we made one of those. So that was a, a much clearer direction because we had a game that we could go off of. and Yeah, it was, just we had a
0: reference, yeah.
1: Make it bigger. Yeah. Solve all the problems that come along with trying to make something that's meant to spring and explode upward up against a wall where that would happen
0: at somebody. That was the big change, was we changed the orientation of the whole thing, which adds a new set of problems that the original game, obviously making it way bigger Mm -hmm. adds problems, but also just standing it up on its side added a bunch of problems, so. Like what? uh, Well, getting, I mean, when the game is laying on a table, gravity holds the pieces in place and they don't have to be tight when you stand it up on a mm-hmm. wall you have to be they have to be tight enough to stay in place but loose enough to pop out when they're forced out and then you have the compounded friction of 25 pieces all working okay. together working against whatever it is you're trying to use to push them out so
1: and some geometric shapes were easier to do uh, that process was easier on certain shapes than it was yeah. on others because of like corners and like pinch points and things and so it was neat. It was a it was a complex project.
0: I wonder what it would be like to do. <clears throat> how long and how interesting or not interesting it would be to do a video that covered all of the stuff that we think about going into a project. Because hmm. there's so much conversation, like especially something like that. Mm-hmm. There were so many brainstorming, so many iterations. Mm-hmm. We had a weekly call
1: for, what, like four weeks?
0: We had. Even just between you and I, it was like, we started out with one mechanism and then we talked about why that wouldn't work and how we could improve it. And we went to a different one and then to a different one. And then when we got there, we had to iterate through it a couple of times. And like, not that people really necessarily need to know all that, but it would be interesting to try to put all of the parts of a project into the video rather than just a quick little summation of here's how we got here now we're gonna do it mm-hmm. here's kind of what i thought <laughs> the end you know because that's like pretty small percentage of like the overall time spent on figuring things out and trying things and, yep yeah
1: I because i mean the physical game looked like the the 3d model that we made mm-hmm. so that looked like a huge win if we were just going to make a big prop then yeah but it had to be a functioning like playable, durable, repeatable you know, with a piece of hardware. And that's the piece that that is theoretical, that you can only plan so much, you can only talk out so much, you can only buy enough components in a short kind of planning period and then realize that some things worked like a champ and took a lot less time or them. Some, some things didn't work really at all the way we had planned on and we have to work through and change and you know, adapt and overcome and... I mean those are the things that don't make it into the video mm-hmm. because it doesn't make for good storytelling or it's a huge kind of time uh, eater yeah for the viewer yeah. right yeah. but i wonder if there is value in that i mean maybe well for people that are design, i would say for people that are designing or trying to manage a project like in that for me academically there's a lot of value hmm. because it A lot of people, when you say, like, all right, you're going to go to MatterHackers and you're going to work on a project. So, okay. I mean, we build things here, and it doesn't translate to just building something here
0: and then flying it to California and then putting it on the wall. It was a whole different set of stuff. Yeah, there's... Using other people's tools and space you don't know. You don't have all the little things that
1: you're used to. The logistics of, you know, where are people going to stay? How are they going to eat? Are you going to work on someone else's time schedule? Because we're on East Coast time, and they're on what, Pacific, Pacific yep. time? Yep. Who's gonna be there to let us in the building? If we need to work later, You know, how is that gonna work? And so there's a lot of little nuance project information that kind of gets glossed over, especially when you watch a video, you know, an eight to 10 minute video where it's everything kind of just comes together. Yeah, And that's really not realistic.
0: Yeah, and it may not even make sense to put that stuff in there, you know, really, because that's not the value that we're trying to offer. True. Um, I mean, it would be interesting to try it one time in the right situation. And It may hit, may not, but <clears throat> it's not that struggle or that um, information is not really the core of what we're trying to do. So, and I you're really not trying to miss. plan
1: for a struggle. Like inevitably, it's <laughs> yeah. going to come. Yeah, but <laughs> sure. it's not like okay, which piece of this is going to mess up and is going to be a really good drama. video? Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, you're a you know a TV show at that point trying yeah. to instill. bunch of drama when it really doesn't need to be there but that's also I think that's I mean it's not fun in the moment but I think as a maker like that's the true test of your metal when you can go like okay our plan we had to take everything with us so we're planning on bringing these things we're planning on some contingency maybe we'll need this maybe we'll need that when all of that goes out of the window then you gotta come up with something on the fly Yeah. and everybody's staring at you trying to figure out what you're going to do next. Uh, You got to make it happen.
0: And like me, when you forget to zip your backpack up and you pick up your backpack and your camera falls out and your lens explodes on the floor, what do you do then? That happened. That sucked. Yeah, that did suck. Um, But, I mean, the good thing was we were able to find a replacement lens. Mm -hmm. Josh just had to take a little drive through California to get it. We got it. Yep. It worked out.
1: How stressed were you?
0: I actually wasn't that stressed. Um, I think I'm getting better at realizing what's in my control and what's not. And very little is. So, in a situation like that, I think I'm getting a little bit better at, like, well, okay, let's just keep moving ahead. You know, I knew that we had a GoPro. Worst case, we could shoot the rest of it on our phones. I mean, there are ways around all that stuff. It's just mm-hmm. not ideal, but like, it's not the end of the world. So. How did I do with the stress? I think you did well. I think at the end, when we couldn't get the mechanism working like we wanted to, and it was 8 o'clock and the last night and everybody else was gone home, we were both frustrated. But I think it was, it seemed in the moment easier for me to be like, okay, we're done and i'm not going to feel bad about it i'm not going to be i'm not going to let it continue to frustrate me i feel like i got there first and then oh, you yeah. got you got there soon after i'm still not there <laughs> okay
1: no like yeah that's i don't know that's the the deep rooted i guess part of my professional upbringing is that you you make it happen like you can't just I'm not saying that we gave up, we threw in a towel. Like all all the reasons that we stopped or that we made that project what it is right now are completely valid. And responsibly, I had to step back and I had to acknowledge all of those things. And it was pretty late and I was pretty exhausted. And so were you. There were happy people that were playing the game. Yeah. Which I think I had to focus on. I go, are are the, the people that are here right now with this, are they enjoying it? Yes. So why am I not enjoying it with them or why am i putting a damper on this thing that they're clearly excited about just yeah. because it doesn't do the thing that i and it may be because i i designed a lot of it and so i took it to heart yeah right um and i guess professionally like this is a project that i had a whole lot of of involvement in and more so than some yeah and i i wanted to see it end up exactly like it should have been and that right. wasn't the case and eh,
2: yeah yeah.
0: I mean it's one it of did those it take me longer you're right it's one of those things like with expectations about things whether your expectations for something or someone else's expectations of you you know there comes a point where you have to like look at like were they my expectations worth continuing to try to reach and like you said the people were having fun with the game if we could step out of like the situation mm-hmm. and see like it The game functions. It does really what it's supposed to do. It
1: looks really cool. It
0: looks great. It's huge. Fits the space well. People are enjoying it. They're going to enjoy it in the office. And so our expectation of it being a certain thing kind of doesn't really matter at that point. Yep. Um, Yeah. It's just, you know, and it was frustrating because it's one of those things we were like, felt like we were really close to getting it solved the whole time. Yep. And it's like, ah, oh, it's just one more thing. Like, there's got to be another way yep. to do it. And there's another way to do it. And I remember then, at a certain it, point. It was like, it was like uh, diminishing returns. Yes. The harder we tried, the f- more frustrated we got, the more tired yep. we got. And we weren't getting any closer to a solve.
1: And that point was exactly what I acknowledged.
0: Yeah. Because,
1: so, I mean, I was walking around their warehouse going, like, there is an answer to this problem. I just have to find it. And the MacGyver in me was kicking in and like my mullet was growing as I'm walking around this room going like, <laughs> no, there's, there's the thing. Yeah. And it's going to reveal itself. I'm going go, aha. And we'll go in there and then we'll do a little heel clicker and we'll walk out victorious. And then like my ability to search for stuff just started like drooping. Yeah. And just walked around in circles. Um, and then I stopped and I saw those guys playing with it and having fun. And looking at it and being super impressed, you could hear all the people in the office because it's you know, like a packed, like yeah. business. So it's like, oh my god, look at that thing! Look, that's super cool! And like, so you hear the excitement and the scuttle behind you, and that's when I just stopped and go, like they're they're digging this. Yeah, let them enjoy it and don't walk around being all humbug because it's not exactly the way that I wanted it to be, but it's not mine.
0: True, and I mean, you know, it's it's. It's not dead either. It can be, they have ideas about how they can continue to work on it and, you know, there's always additions and improvements you can make to anything. We just happened to stop at a point that was before we wanted to stop. Um, but just like anything, there can be improvements that continue, can continue to be made, so.
1: <clears throat> and that's not to put this project as a failure in any light. I know we're talking about ways we could have done it better. But I mean, so what were you excited about?
0: I was excited about how much we actually got done in three days. And even though there were things that we actively marked off the list, like, yep, this one we're just not going to do. And then this one we can't seem to figure out. If you look at it, when we went out there, there was a stack of plywood. And when we left, there was this, what, six foot by eight foot by one foot (laughs) giant painted thing on the wall with 25 squares on it with shapes cut out with leds in it with glued on letters and details and arduino in it and gameplay and a pvc rack that was had tension on it that would you know i mean yep. we did a lot of stuff we did in a very short amount of time and so i'm happy about that you know we worked hard we stayed on schedule we worked around a whole lot of stuff that we weren't expecting and that that's a win you know and again, they're happy with it. That's a win, so. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. I wish we'd had more time to, like, relax there because we were going pretty hard the whole time. hmm But, you know, that's, that's work. That's just the way that goes.
1: And, I mean, in the project managey kind of collaboration thing, this is, this is all input and feedback. Because if you got it perfectly right the first time, then I don't think your project was difficult enough or no, true. complex enough. So the next time now we know, talking to Dave, we need to add in like a just a surfing day. Yeah. <laughs> Flat out day to go surfing. Um, and, and what we can do better.
0: What am I
2: doing? Yeah.
0: Um, it's interesting though. Like <clears throat> I was thinking about this. There's... When I travel for work, most of the traveling that I've done is to an event to where I go. And I may have work to do. I may have to like be on a panel or do a talk or do a show or do something while I'm there. But that's usually a very small segment of the trip Mm -hmm. overall. And so there's a lot of like hanging out, talking to people and meeting new people and going to this gathering and that gathering. And there's a lot of that stuff. And the two times I've gone out there and then a couple of other trips that have been, uh, like at the time I went to LA to film that stuff for Vox for an entire week, those are 100% work morning to night, sleep in a hotel morning to night kind of situations. And it's weird because that's not really most of what my work travel is. Hmm. And I, I realized that like while we were there, we were sitting in the hotel room and, like, I think we wanted to watch a movie, but we were both too tired to watch oh, a yeah. movie. Yeah, that wouldn't happen. I was like, huh. Like, this is not bad. It was just, mm-hmm. it dawned on me that, like, what well, most of my work trips are not really like this.
1: You know. I think most of my professional work trips <clears throat> um, were, were meetings, kind of like that same thing. It was a meeting. I had to sit around and just receive or give information. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of downtime. And it was really boring because I felt like I left my family for, for what, for me to get up and give like a three minute briefing yeah, and then listen to two or three hours, but you had to be there the day before because the meeting for some reason wanted to start at six in the morning the next day. And so there was a lot of just unnecessary downtime. Mm-hmm. So like I've been to a lot of places and I've seen a lot of things just in that kind of wiggle room, which is not complaining about, but there was no real sense of accomplishment in any of those meetings to where this project like I felt like we made something awesome and we were there for a reason and the amount of time that we allotted other than the hiccups that we faced like the time allotted was pretty spot on Mm -hmm. like to get that stuff done
0: yeah that's true that is true we both watched uh, A Quiet Place Mm -hmm. on the on the plane ride separately what did you think about it? I liked it. I liked it too. I don't like that kind of movie. I don't like spooky, like suspenseful, like there's something in the shadows. Let's just Mm -hmm. act freaked out all the time. I don't like those. But there's something about the concept for that movie that I was really interested in. So I said, well, I'll try it. If I don't enjoy it, I'll just turn it off. It's not a big deal. And it was really good. I don't know if we should spoil it, but there's Mm. a moment in it Okay, a little spoiler if you haven't seen it. <clears throat> when she's going up the stairs and she pulls the thing and then the nail pops out and it zoomed in on the nail, mm-hmm. I, could, I just, my stomach turned. I Mine like, Man, too. That is going through somebody's foot yeah. in a minute and I, right. this is, no, it's just going to no. make everything worse. You know, like, yep. I don't want to see that go into somebody's foot. And so for the next like 20 minutes, I'm just waiting. <laughs> is it this time? Is it? Uh, okay. It, that means it's still coming. Is it this time? And then when it finally did, I just about wanted to punch the seat in front of me. It's was like, oh,
1: oh, man. That's what I love about a movie. Oh. And I, that's you're going to show me you're going to foreshadow the crap out of this moment. And I'm going to dread it. Yeah. And I know it's coming. And even though I know it's there, it's still impactful and emotional when it
0: happens. It's usually that type of thing, though, when it's so obvious that this thing is set up, it feels cheap to me. Anyway, it's like, hmm. you know. When it zooms in on the gun in the corner and you're like, oh, somebody's going to die by that thing. That's easy to see. But this one, like, it was just like she didn't notice it. And I know, obviously, somebody's going to step on the nail and it's going to go right through their foot. And that sucks. And I don't want to listen to that or see it. (laughs) But I don't know. Something about that one felt like it was it was well placed and it had a payoff. But man, well, felt gross. So, the
1: premise of this movie, if you haven't seen it, uh, or just think it's just another scary movie, is there's, like, I guess aliens or something? That I don't know. They, they never explain yeah. who the, what the... Monsters, slash aliens, slash whatever, have inhabited the Earth and kill things, like, super aggressively. Yeah. When they, by sound, so they hear it. So, they can't see things. or are blind. They can only hear things. So, there's this family that has a deaf daughter, and so she can't, obviously can't hear anything, and they're communicating through sign language, and, like, they're really ingenious ways they found just to stay quiet
2: mm-hmm. i thought
1: was pretty great they all their paths were covered in sand so they weren't crunching on anything and systems of lights and stuff set up uh it was really really well made
0: it was it was, it was a cool idea
1: john krasinski directed that movie yep a way to go jim go jim he's been in a lot of stuff lately the new mm-hmm. jack ryan series on hulu
0: have you finished that yes no, amazon prime
1: oh what yeah Yes, I did.
0: Okay. We're like four episodes in.
1: It is pretty awesome. I used to read Tom Clancy books. I've read three or four. My dad was a huge fan, so they were always around. Gotcha. Um,
0: how did how does the character and the stories around it match up to the tone of, the, I know the, story, the books were different stories, but.
1: Yeah, there were a bunch of different stories, and like his backstory <laughs> in the miniseries is different from his backstory in the book. Mm-hmm. But you kind of get over that. has some of the same qualities, like. Jack Ryan in the books was in a helicopter crash, but he was in a helicopter crash when he was at the the Naval Academy. Hmm. And so him in the miniseries, like he was a Marine and got in a helicopter crash. And like right. you get a lot of angst and you get a lot of backstory for people when it, it it's really good. The characters are really well developed in the miniseries and, and in the book. And it takes you on these weird tangents in the the miniseries that you're like, yeah. what in the world we, am I watching? We it's hit Hulu. one of those and I'm like,
0: wow. Uh, the, yeah, the one. Wow. Yeah.
1: And it's it's just like the spirit of the book where you're definitely,
0: like definitely a mature show. Yes, Let's put it that way.
1: Um, so in the book, like you're you're about to hit like a really important point in the main storyline, and then boom, you'll get sidetracked and be introduced to a completely new character, and go like. What am I doing here? Yeah. Just to learn that that person eventually circles around and like the the butterfly that flaps its wings will create a typhoon. Like something like that. Like everybody's connected
0: somehow. You're just not privy to it yet. And so that's a Tom Clancy thing. He does a lot of that. Gotcha. Is he still alive? No. He is not. Bummer. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking forward to to finishing it up. Uh, We just, with traveling, we got cut off in the middle of it, so...
1: Well, my wife and I were having a little debate um, whether they were going to, so this is like a season one. I don't even know if they even call them seasons, but if the season will come to a close. And so I think we're trying to, when we were about, as far as you guys were, we were trying to figure out the, uh, the studio ness of this, or like, no, they have to keep it going, or like, will this whole storyline resolve itself in this series, or will they just do a Netflix, like, painfully drag it out, and then hmm. a year and a half from now, maybe I'll get resolution mm-hmm. to it. Uh, but they did it really well.
0: Yeah, that's what I, we'll, I, I kind of figure say. that they would make it standalone. That's what I was expecting, anyway.
1: And he's also in this movie that we tried to watch yesterday on Netflix about like a robot and this girl. What was the name of it? I have no idea. I know it's sort of a big hero 6-esque type thing. Huh. Has this teenage girl and you get through the just the opening credits like all her angst and she befriends this prototype kind of robot and who's voiced by John Krasinski. Like, huh. He's everywhere. Yeah, he is everywhere. Good for him.
0: Yeah, for real. Um I was going to ask you about a movie. Mm. Now now I don't remember
1: what it was. We watched a lot of movies this trip. I say that we didn't have a lot of downtime, but it's a lot of airplane travel.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Airplane travel kind of. I watched uh, Infinity War again. Just as good. I've seen it three times now. It's been just as good every time. It's an excellent movie. It is. Excellent. Oh, we watched uh, uh, E.T. So Hmm. remember I told you a few weeks ago, Jenny and I watched E.T. to see if it was all right for the kids? Mm Mm-hmm so our youngest got grounded <laughs> so he had to go to bed early and we were like oh the older three are still up let's watch et that way we don't have to worry about like you know making sure it's all right for the youngest they loved it oh that's good loved it they got a little freaked out at the beginning because they didn't know what was going on and we yeah. told them like it's gonna seem scary it's not actually scary it's just you don't know what's happening yeah. yet and they were totally cool with it they loved the movie uh and that was that was a lot of fun so, Deacon has seen Infinity
1: War, and I had to talk to him last night about, I mean, your kids haven't seen it. Right. So, it was sitting out on, uh, like, our entertainment center, and I'm like, you have to not talk about this around the Claggett kids. Yeah. No okay. good. But I saw, I saw the John Wicks. Oh, both yeah. Both of them. That's right. Because our flight got canceled the first day, so we had, like, three or four hours to kill, so we just came back home and went to our respective houses. Not that we share a home and I watched the first John Wick and then we watched the second one in the hotel room that night
0: uh, it was good they're fun right yeah they're lighthearted
1: and family <laughs>
0: it, was, it was
1: really fun it's, like,
0: it's a straight up comic book I mean it's just and that's what I liked about it I thought it was just like the a sake whole
1: of bunch of killing which it is but it's in the visual styling of a comic book which I thought was super cool
0: I'm really interested to see what the third one's gonna be like
1: yeah And I really like that kind of hotel for scoundrels type thing. Like, there's a weird underbelly, uh, like the superhero uh, cafe and the how it should have ended. Oh yeah, like they all just kind of get together. There's a code, I suppose. Yeah, you can order room service if you want a bunch of guns or you want a doctor. I thought that was a a cool storyline that they kept going.
0: Yeah, it was pretty cool. What am I doing? Um, so we're, we're going to finish up Jack Ryan, but also, um, we still haven't seen Luke Cage season two.
1: I haven't seen Luke Cage season one. I kind of fell really? off of, yeah, like Iron Fist. Iron Fist kind of like. two is out as well. Yeah. It got me off of the. The defenders, is that what they are, they're called altogether. Yeah. That whole like group of people. Like I still like Daredevil and I'll watch Daredevil, but the other two never really held my interest
0: very much. Luke Cage is good. Okay. I I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. And it's, you know, all of them will have moments where make you squeamish and stuff. But Luke Cage, the thing I liked about him is uh, or about the way the guy that played him is he feels like a legitimate good guy. Like he's trying to do the right thing. And he keeps getting pulled back into, like, this bad situation. Whereas, like, uh, Iron Fist, he's a weenie. He's, like, a weenie with powers. He's a rich kid. He's a rich kid. And he whines and he's entitled. Yep. And I still kind of liked it just because I like kung fu stuff. And so even though it it wasn't super well done and he was definitely the worst part of the show, <laughs> I still kind of liked the season. And so I'm kind of looking forward to season two. I'm hoping that they will make him grow up a little bit in this season. Mm to improve you know like the he just won't be as whiny i thought
1: the, the trailer for season two was better than all that i had seen of season one
0: yeah and the the trailer for season one was the same way i was like dude this is gonna be awesome some like wu-tang in the background or mm-hmm. whatever it was and this dude like fighting with the glowing hand it's like sweet and then it ended up being yeah
1: i kept hollering at them to get on with it
0: yeah yeah but Luke Cage um I I think it'd be worth a watch Mm -hmm. I think you'd like it what else did we watch I watched
1: um I watch I watched Deadpool Mm. finally yeah I mean it wasn't something I had just been like saving up to watch but it was on the plane and they had both of them so I was like yeah whatever I'll watch Deadpool uh, it was a surprise, like it's raunchy and, and dirty as everybody should know by this point because it's been out forever. <laughs> but surprisingly, like it was an entertaining movie. I like movies that are self-aware, especially if you're surrounded in a weird context like Marvel movies are. Like it's because it, it tiptoes down the line. Like he has a relationship with Spider-Man. He also has a relationship with the X-Men and X-Force. And so it's in this weird MCU film. Fox kind of thing like it knows its place Hmm. and it's able to point out all the little funny things it made fun of Ryan Reynolds and Green Lantern at a certain point Um, the story was compelling I think I will go back on what I said last week because I don't like how characters from one movie are put in another movie Ryan Reynolds is perfect for this role Hmm. I I totally believe him Hmm. hands down
0: I can see that but I don't like it. Like, from what I, have never seen either one of the movies, but from what I've seen of like clips of his attitude and his pluckiness and his, mm-hmm. I was like, man, I don't want to watch that. That's the character. Like that, that doesn't sound interesting to me at all. And I don't like, uh, you know, you said you like when they, they are aware, self-aware. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. The thing I enjoy about movies is that they are somewhere else, that they are a thing that I don't, They're not real, you know, like I like that escapism of movies. I like going to a different place and being engulfed in like a different world or a different time or a different something. And then when they break the fourth wall, I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's kind of it
1: breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. Many times. Yeah. At one point, I've heard that it broke the fourth wall while breaking the fourth wall. And he made a comment about it. He's like, it's like 16 walls.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. That's not interesting to me personally. I started to watch it. I pushed the button. I told you this earlier. Like I pushed the button, and the Fox logo came up, and I heard the little da 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 da. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, I want to watch Star Wars." <laughs> <laughs> that was the. I had that feeling of like I want to watch a New Hope. Like that's the thing that started out those movies, and so I knew it wasn't Star Wars, and I knew it wasn't on there. But the next shot is like the credits rolling and the this dude falling backwards with like a gunshot in his head and i'm like man
1: oh the slow motion I don't, yeah i yeah. want to see
0: this like i just immediately knew that i wasn't in the mood maybe someday but i wasn't in the mood so
1: i had nothing else to do there's there something were... else i watched and i don't remember what it was it was after the quiet place i tried to watch blazing saddles because i had never seen it and that movie is like riddled with 1970s like okay language that's horribly not okay and wasn't okay in any yeah. time like they use really really foul language even for for deadpool yeah. i watched i sat through deadpool being okay with the language and not watching blazing saddles like that was yeah. a line i felt like i was uncomfortably crossing
0: yeah we watched it one time because somebody was talking in like i don't know not 10 or 15 years ago or something somebody was talking about oh it's like one of the best mm-hmm. i'm like okay mm-hmm. well, we'll give it a shot and I was just like cringing the entire time like yep. I don't I don't want to watch this yeah, it's not I don't, funny I don't
1: want to like this
0: yeah yeah it's pretty bad yeah um uh there was another movie that I wanted to talk about though that we haven't talked about Arrgh, I don't know what it was um uh, I gotta write them down I don't know we both finished our line well well bag bag four bag four how many bags are in? Did you get? like sixteen? Something crazy, uh, fourteen, at least. I saw sixteen. No, sixteen. Yeah, yeah. sixteen bags. That's nuts. hmm well, uh, we're like thirty-five minutes in. You want to do some uh, pros and cons? Do we have any? You said you had some leftover from some. Britain, right? They're 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 not as good as well, the we had.
1: Somebody ones. email us. Some.
0: Oh oh, I actually did have an idea here. Something I want to talk about. This is kind of dumb. Just a little bit. A little. Just a little bit. Um, what do you think about heirlooms? Like a family heirloom? Yes. Uh, I don't... N- uh, I don't the con- mean- not, not specific things. The concept of a thing being passed just in some object, whatever you oh. imagine it to be, to be passed down ah. from family member to family member for the sake of it being in the family.
1: I like it. I like that concept. Um, I think especially in a throwaway culture that we have now, that it's good to have something that you can connect back with real life family members. Um, Because my family is all like really country, super like West Virginia country. They never had anything worth valuing enough to hand down to people. Hmm. And so when I started woodworking, I'm like, I envisioned a thing that I could make. I'm like, I have to make this good enough that people would want to pass it down. So that excites me that I could have a connection potentially with three or four generations of people and they could look back in some book and see a stupid picture of me throwing up some white kid gang sign or whatever in middle school. That's the only print picture left that they go. That's, that's my great, 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 great granddad. (laughs) And so I like the idea of having like a connection to your family because, excuse me, Mine wasn't really well documented or known. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, my family in my mind only goes back one generation or mm-hmm. two gen, like my grandparents. Everything after that, like, pretty much didn't exist to me because there's yeah. no pictures other than right. some really old tarnished ones.
0: Yeah. So, I I
1: like the idea that there is something that someone can have such an emotional attachment to that helps create that story where... Other people may just have stories about their family. Yeah. Can it kind of take the place?
0: Yeah. I kind of go back and forth on this because I, part of me really likes the idea of having something carried through a long family line. And then there's another part of me that's like, it's just stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I, it could be, I don't know, maybe I'm related to King Arthur and like Excalibur gets passed down family mm-hmm. after family after family and it ends up and I could have Excalibur. It's still a sword it's still a it's still a thing that in and of itself doesn't have any value, and it actually doesn't connect me I'm not disagreeing with you this is just the one of the sides I've thought through mm-hmm. it doesn't actually connect me to anybody before it's just a thing that we had in common and you know part of me feels bad about feeling that way because it like devalues something that someone else valued in the past that wanted to connect you know down the line, but then part of me is just like. I I don't know. I I feel real strongly that this everything's going to burn. This is all going away. None of this stuff matters mm. eventually down, you know, at some point. Mm-hmm. And so like I I'm kind of caught between those two things of like it certainly doesn't hurt to have an heirloom. Yeah. But it's like I don't know that I would go out of my way to hang on to a thing just because it was a thing that someone in my family had before. This came up. Um partially because my wife has a few pieces of furniture that are from her great-grandparents, I guess. And when you look at them, they are not handmade, they are not nice, they mm. are not fancy. They were bought at a store, made in a factory. Okay. Okay. So right. it's not like great-granddad made the table. and And if that's the case, it doesn't matter how nice the table is, right? Great-granddad made the table, and that's why you want it, because it was a handmade thing of the person. Sometimes somebody spends a whole lot of money on a thing, and it's it's nice. It has mm-hmm. its own like monetary or whatever value, and so you want to keep it for that. It has value on its own. So she has some of this furniture that has no v- value. It wasn't made by a person. It's not worth anything. It's just furniture that they had in their house that they probably didn't really you know. Yeah. But it's interesting the way that the the difference between she and I will look at I have some furniture of my grandparents but like I don't I don't really care. It's cool to have, it's nice to know that it would that they had it, but if it were gone I wouldn't probably even notice the difference. Whereas she wants to hold on to stuff simply because it was in a great grandparents house. So, uh, that's not right or wrong. It's no. just like it's interesting to to be confronted with Two people who are in the same position uh, to our future family, three generations from now, we are great-granddad, great-grandmom. Yeah. We are those people, and we have a different way of looking at the ways that our stuff is going to be passed on, or the stuff was passed on to us. I don't know. Well, I think I don't know. I, have, I
1: think I have a unique perspective. Is that we had some of those things, and we purposely downsized. So I had to look at the stuff in my house. I go, this, does it mean enough to me to take up floor space in like a storage area? Yes or no? Or do I have to hang on to this? Or how deep really is my emotional connection to connection to X? Uh, like we bought this piano when we were in Belgium that belonged to a really good friend's family from long ago. It was from the 1830s or something. It was a beautiful piano. I don't know how to play the piano. It was just gorgeous. And it had a story.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But it had a story to me. Uh, I was told by a couple people that the piano like would never be in tune. It was just something cute to look at. So when we we're getting rid of all of our stuff, like that one kind of hurt because it had a story, but when it was gone, I never really thought about it. Yeah. Um, the furniture that you talk about, I think my, uh, desire to have that heirloom is that it is still functional because of its quality. That if I could make something like the, the table that I made, I thought about it the other day when I was reading through Screen Free Parenting. I'm like, where are your kids going to be or who are they going to be? I'm like, which one of these kids is, A, even going to care that this table is still around or it's just like the table that they eat and spill milk on? Or are they going to argue over it about who's going to get it? Hmm. And is it going to survive you know, that long? It's a walnut table. Like They could make a walnut table. But that's a, it, it is a piece of functional furniture yeah. that also was made by someone that they know and love and was a family member or that was crafted with such quality that it can and very well should survive the test of time so when my mom went back to college uh, in her late 30s she did a, a lineage project so she made this this big family tree and in that family tree she wrapped it up inside of a cookbook so she has all of her aunts and grandmothers and little like post-it note kind of cards that like the nestle's toll house thing was originally found on like she's got those photocopied in this big book so i'm like wow this is cool this is a connection to people from long ago Mm -hmm. that could easily be resurrected into now like it's it's neat but you look on there and it's like open a box of this combine it with a like container of this stir heat and eat so it's not Mm -hmm. like grandma's super secret recipe that she yeah. doesn't want to share to anybody that won some awards. It was like, get a box of rice aroni, add cut-up spam chunks. <laughs> and so it's kind of, I mean, not, not to diss the furniture, but it's kind of in that same light. Like, did, if the person long ago didn't really come up with it or value it enough to make it their own, like deeply their own and take that intestinal kind of like attachment to it, how can they expect me many generations removed to take that same attachment yeah and and so if i got, i hope 100 years from now people don't have my ikea furniture in their house thinking it was something that their great-grandfather <laughs> valued because <laughs> right i mean it didn't yeah there are those things that may get left to the side because it may not be in style yeah. in the future with the flying cars and the jetpacks or whatever like I don't know. It's, it's a... I, I get your question and I get your uh, your stance on it. I wouldn't go, kids, I made this thing. You are going to hold on to yeah. this forever. Right. Give this to your Love children. this thing. Yes. This right. is an icon that will represent me long after I'm dead. Like, that's not a thing. Yeah. Um, But if they they will inevitably form like an emotional tie to something that they associate with me.
2: Yeah.
1: And if that association is strong enough or if it gets brought up, like they'll eventually maybe tell their kids. And so it may be an heirloom by accident. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't feel like there may be entire generations. Like this was my dad's iPhone. He was on it all the time. Yeah. (laughs) He loved it so much. (laughs) Like that may be a weird situation. Uh, And furniture for years ago may have been like, you know, baby boomers had their first piece of nice furniture.
2: Yeah.
1: Or I remember my my family with the cookbook, it was real basic and simple stuff because they didn't have a lot of food. And so they just made it work with, you know, with what they had. And so it seems really kind of trashy and not like a really solid meal on paper because that's what they had to work with. Yeah. And so I don't have those same problems. So I'm not about writing down like my recipe for the only thing we have to eat. Right, And so the contextually, it'll be completely different for our kids. Right.
0: So part of the reason that this whole thing came up, I mean, I was thinking about this when we moved into this house in a different context, but the reason I wanted to talk about it is because as I started buying parts for R2-D2, it dawned on me that at some point I'm going to have a fully functioning R2-D2 and at some point I'm going to die. And at some point somebody's going to go, hmm. What do we do with that thing? Along with all the other junk. I mean, that's not just... But that, like, is one abnormal object most people in the world will not have. And so it made me wonder, like, are my kids going to, like, kind of... Are they going to fight over R2-D2? Are they not going to want it because it's big and it runs on ancient batteries from Mm -hmm. 2018? You know? I Um, feel like
1: dibs is appropriate here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Just saying.
0: But... But, it, you know, yeah. like, that's a thing that I'm going to spend a lot of time and a lot of money on. Mm-hmm. And it will be a thing for the people who like Star Wars for how many ever generations it's fashionable. That's a thing that pretty much anybody would like. Is is that R2-D2 free? I'm going to take that thing. Of course mm-hmm. I'll take that thing. It's sitting right there. Nobody wants it. It's the guy that made it's dead. Like, so yeah. it made me think about, like, that and, you know, just some of the other stuff that I'm spending my time making. The arcade may not stand up to... The test of time as far as construction so a lot of the stuff i make may not last from a construction perspective because it's not supposed to
2: mm-hmm.
0: um but you know things that are really unique like is that's like the katana
1: what about that guitar over there
0: yeah i mean so it's the, I'm, that's I'm
1: pointing only, to the, the very first good for your first really project that you made here in this shop of your grandfather's yeah. right it has huge emotional attachment to you only me only you right and so, unfortunately, like, if you were to pass away, like, when I was unboxing things, I didn't know the significance of that until I accidentally turned it over and saw, you know, scribbled Bobby Claggett cursive handwriting. Like, yeah. it it doesn't look like a finished piece of anything. Right. So, would they find the value in it or make that association from,
0: you know, deep lineage to their dad? Yeah. So, that's that's hard. I don't know if they would or not. And and I guess the the part of me that says, like, everything's going to burn is that like, I don't care.
1: Yeah.
0: It doesn't matter to me. Like I don't expect them to care about that thing or this table or the arcade. I think they'll remember them Yeah. because they were of the age to where like, we have an arcade in our, not everybody has an arcade in their living room. That's interesting. And so I, maybe hmm. they will be attached to those things, but like that guitar and some of the other stuff I've made that they've never really interacted with. I didn't, I wouldn't care that they cared or didn't care about the object. That doesn't matter to me, but I think the things that are unique, like the arcade and like an R2-D2, that are going to stand out as like, you know, like the kind of thing you would go to school as a eight or nine year old and be like, dude, we have an (laughs) R2-D2. Nobody else in this school has an R2-D2. You know, like those are the things that I still don't care if they want them or not. It's not going to hurt my feelings Mm -hmm. if it all goes in the garbage, but those are the things that I kind of wonder about. Like, are they going to end up trying to figure out? Like, who gets R2-D2 when I die? <laughs> or, I don't know. Just...
1: Well, I think that... So, heirlooms <clears throat> being a physical manifestation of history. So, maybe, I mean, not say maybe, all of these things in their physical form may not be valuable. But, like, the concept and the abilities and the things that you have instilled because of them... Mm-hmm. And so just that same, like I had an arcade and I had an R2D2 and I had all these, all those things. Like, yeah, those are physical, tangible things that they may not continue to have, or they may not work or their space batteries may not be rechargeable <laughs> or whatever. I mean, cause I still have old 35 millimeter reel to reel has my mom on it as like a little yeah. girl. Like I've never watched it cause I don't want to watch that. Like yeah, it has no sound like, right. come on, man. Like I got on my dad's VHS tapes. Like was just garbage. It has value to somebody, but the thing may not have value to them. But those memories that they have or the springboardedness of the um, the skills that they may have learned or the inspiration that they've seen or the just the concept of what is possible. Yeah. Because before, like this maker movement, like arcade cabinets are in arcades. Arcades have gone the way and they're in dusty old places that I can maybe pay $2,000 for an obscure game that I maybe not have played very often. And I go, oh, you can have one in your house, and it can have hundreds of games. Like, wait, what? That's a thing? Yeah. And I discovered that in my 30s. Like, our kids are able to discover things or the possibility of taking an idea into reality at a staggeringly young age. So I think you're exactly right that all this stuff can burn – And it would, there would be a tear, but the idea that like, yeah, you can totally do that. There's no reason you can't do this thing because my dad has showed me how, or my dad has been the example that I can. I think that is the piece that will and absolutely should like change your family tree and like flood the generations down the line. And those are the things that I'm like actively trying to do now is get out of my old heirlooms, of like, here's here's a frying pan that belonged to your so-and-so-and-so-and-so. Like, that doesn't mean anything to me. But my family would hold on to those things just because it belonged to somebody else down the line. Right. Has no value. I don't know the person. Doesn't have a story. And so I'm trying to instill the ability for my kids to not hold on to that thing. To go forward and, and make more or discover more or don't be <clears throat> limited to the past or don't be limited yeah. to my generation right like let me show you in the tiniest way like what is possible and then you go forward and just yeah. blaze a trail somewhere else don't hold on <laughs> yeah to this table if you don't want it don't exactly hold it just because you think it's gonna make me sad yeah because i it, think that's it, an important will.
0: that's an important thing to let kids know and it, it wouldn't kids mean children not kids anybody who is a child who has parents at some point in their life, they should know, if that's, I guess, for us, that we don't expect or would not be upset if they didn't want our stuff. Yeah. Because I know that there's a lot of people like in my parents' generation who are now in the process of going through their parents' stuff. And there's a lot of guilt there. Like, do, mm-hmm. I, do I let go of the one thing I have that connects me to my parents' physical thing? Right. Because there's also like the whole, the digital side of stuff. Our kids can go on, when we're gone, can go on YouTube because our channels will probably still be there. And they can see videos of us doing things. They can hear us speak. They can see us acting as we normally acted as human beings.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, some of us.
1: That was the whole reason I started my channel. Yeah. Was to have that catalog of me working with my kids.
0: But, like, I guess we could theoretically have that with our parents in this generation right now. Mm -hmm. Our parents don't really have that. Yeah. They may have some home videos, but then you go back one more generation past that, doesn't exist. Right, There is no sound. There is no moving picture. You may have a photo. You go back one more generation, two more generations past that, there are no photos. And it just fades away so quickly. And And then when you look forward in time, It's like right now we can say, oh, well, it's cool because our kids can like go back when they're older and we're gone. They can go back and watch videos and they can see what we did and they can look through all the millions of photos we have on our phone of them as children and as us as a family. That's cool. And then one generation past that, like our grandkids can do the same thing. And then you go one generation past that. And then they're like, I have literally four million photos of my family over the last four generations. I'm not Mm going to go through that.
1: Or if you even have the means to do it. Like, well, yeah. If okay. it becomes the 35 millimeter, like that was my mom. That's not right. even like grandkids. Like I have no way to watch that. Other if I like held it up to a light and just like whoo, pulled it really fast, like yeah. there's no way for me to actually view those things. And well, so,
0: there is. It's just like, well, is it worthwhile yeah. you you, okay. you know, go down? The digital stuff, I think it's it's the barrier to be able to view file formats and all that stuff is is very different than like having the right projector. Yeah. Um, but I think it, it's, it's a weird, we're in a space right now where there's going to be a really weird trade-off in a couple of generations to where <clears throat> before there was nothing to, of, uh, you know, photos and videos and audio and that stuff. Now we have the capacity to take photos and videos of every single thing. And in a couple generations, there's going to be so much of that. That Hmm. no person in their right mind would want to go back and try to get through the content created by multiple generations of their family. Yeah, Even if it'd be awesome to have it, great. You can put it on like your 50 million terabyte drive and like have it, but you're not going to go through it. That doesn't make any sense because we'd shoot video and pictures of everything, Mm -hmm. right? And that's not going to get better. (laughs) So it's just weird. It's like the same problem of furniture, but it's digital. Like, do you, you want to have to download great granddad's terabyte drives? I don't want to. I don't have time for that. You know, like it, it's like a weird, mm-hmm. it's going to be the same thing in a couple generations. I don't know. I'm well, not trying to be negative or defeatist at all. It's just interesting to think about how stuff is stuff, physical or digital. Mm-hmm. It's still stuff. And at some point down the line from us, people aren't going to care about our stuff. Or they're not going to know why they should care about it. I think that I think that's it.
1: It, it. it could either be so abundant that you can't weed through to the important points. Yeah. Where everything just kind of becomes lost in a, in a fog. Um, or it's just not relevant. Because, I mean, my mom has pictures. I just don't know who those pictures are. So I think it, it's right. an association. There has to be a story. There has to be some importance. Because the pictures in the video that we take here will have no context. Or people won't know why it's important, or they don't yeah. know who you are. But I have I have one old flip phone that I have kept, like ever ever since I had it, and I have the charger for it, and I made sure to keep the charger because it has a video of my mom uh, laughing. Hmm. And I can't get it. I've tried. Well, I I tried back when, but I was told that I could not get that video off of that flip phone onto anything else. Really. Yeah. <laughs> So I still have the phone and I still have a charger. Huh. So it is like the one video other than like the VHS ones I have when I was a kid or whatever. Like the last time my mom like laughed with me. Hmm. And so that's the thing that like I have and I'm keeping and yeah. I keep it in like my little, I don't know if you have a little like box or nook of like totems, little safe yeah. things, yeah. which I don't expect my kids to care being heirlooms But those things. They're just, they're important to me. Yeah. And I can take down all my defenses and they're inside this little box. But I don't know. My kids don't know why it's important. It's yeah. just another phone to them. And if I died right now, that thing would go into the technology waste like the hundreds of thumb drives I have randomly around that have term papers or whatever on them. And so I, I don't want to put that on them. But at the same time, if certain things were gone from my life, like, it would impact me more than the things that I got rid of. Like, when I got rid of my workshop, I like get hurt. Hmm. I had to go take, like, things that I made, and people didn't want to buy, but I had to leave, so I threw them in the woods. And, like, that act, I didn't think. I thought I was stoic enough to not care. But it, it stung. Yeah. But, I mean, that was, like, a piece of wood and a whatever. I mean, but, like, there are things that are important to me, and I think... With enough like context clues or deductive reasoning are like, my dad has this box and it's full of random things. These random things must be important to him. But again, they would keep it blindly. Just they may associate it because it's important yeah. to me. Potentially, they don't know why. Yeah. And it would be hard for me or they're not of the right age or of the right mindset or for me to share those things, to bring them into that secret totem world as to why they're important. But I, I don't think it would be of that same level. Hmm. So those are just Just neat heirloom. So like heirloom and a quick connotation that it would pass from generation to generation. Maybe. Yeah. I I don't have those things. So I don't, I don't have the practice deep seated enough to want to pass forth Excalibur to the, to the kids. But there are those super close knit. like this is a manifestation of a moment that is like, and in that movie inside out that picks our movie, like this is one of my islands or whatever. Like, physical manifestation form but that's just mine yeah it could become trash to the people because if i'm gone then the memory's gone right the association's gone
0: so well and that's what i think i think heirlooms are made are decided upon by the receiver right so like in 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 the relationship of me and my granddad or me and my grandma something only becomes an heirloom because i say it's an heirloom not because they wanted it to be an heirloom and that's what we've talked about before. You know, yeah. it's like something could be important to them. That doesn't mean it's going to be important to me. So I'm not necessarily going to carry it on or take it or whatever. It's just clutter. But it, yeah. But at the same time, if I decided that a piece there, okay, here's a good example. There's a piece of paper. My granddad's drew all the time, mm-hmm. painted all this stuff. There's a piece of paper about this big that is next to our toilet in our bathroom And he drew a little sketch sometime when he was sitting on the toilet, drew a little (laughs) sketch of a beach with a guy. And he left it there. And I don't know if that was a year before he died, if it was the day before he died. I don't know. Hmm. But it was left right there. And I just leave it there. Because it's just a little piece of him that I get to see every time I sit down in his bathroom. You know, and it's like if it disappeared, if it gets thrown away, it's not the end of the world. But like I turned a scrap of his mm-hmm. something he didn't decide to be an heirloom it was a scrap it was a sketch it was a napkin i turned that into a thing that i cared about for some amount of time
1: i don't know but those are the things that your kids or the people that love you are going to have because it's going to be the smallest moments that you share with them individually yeah that because you're you're playing zone <clears throat> with your family because there's you know four of them but you are the only one For them right so the smallest moments that you have maybe quick maybe fleeting is going to mean a lot more because it's individualized i don't know if i'm communicating that well a fraction of your attention is all of their attention to them yeah it's not a quarter yeah so the things that you may not see or understand as important or as valuable or as like impactful or shaping can be yeah. And so, these big things like the table that I hope will last, or an arcade machine, or an Archidita, like those things they may think is awesome, but it may be a little scrap of whatever yeah. that they are really holding true. Yeah. And if we have unfinished business and we come back as ghosts, then we can come and find out. But,
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It also, like, you know, we were talking about the digital stuff. I think there's like, Looking at the potential for overwhelm in the next generation of how much digital garbage they're going to have to go through, there's almost a little bit of like incentive to like weed out what you leave behind. Same thing goes for physical stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think that's a, everybody should go through their stuff before you get to the age of thinking about like your actual mortality. Obviously, it could happen anytime, but you know, as you age, you should start to clean out your stuff so that your kids don't have to. Same goes for digital, especially Mm -hmm. if you want them to remember you and be able to actually go through it. You know, you leave somebody a dump truck of photos, they're not going to look at the photos. If you leave them a shoebox, they're going to go through and look at every single one. Hmm. And, you know, you can, you can do that same thing digitally, I think, but it's, I don't know. I don't have an answer for any of this stuff. It's just it's all stuff that floats around in my head and there's like a whole another there's a whole other half of this thing that has nothing to do with physical objects that's all about uh i don't even know how to say it there's a there's like i don't know i don't know i don't know how to voice it there's this other conversation that i've had with myself for a long time about mortality and about how just <clears throat> whether whether certain things matter or not and I've never been able to voice it, but it's attached to the same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, does this stuff matter? Like do, do, do physical things at all? Do heirlooms, do the, do the experiences that you pass on to your kids, do all that stuff. It matters to a point, And then there's a point where it doesn't matter, you know, multiple generations down the road, like my decisions and how I treat this person I, ugh, this is a deep, it's a deep hole. Butterfly effect stuff. Yes, yep. it matters. But, like, the conversation I have with my son about his behavior and about how he should impact this and how he should listen to that person and not react this way, that affects him. Mm -hmm. He will affect his kids. They will affect their kids. I get that path. But, like, also the minutiae of my decisions is gone with me for the most part. I don't know. Anyway.
2: (laughs) Well, no.
1: (laughs) So when we decided to move into the RV and leave my old job and leave our big house it was that was at the the heart of that decision making process it was like we are focusing on all of these things mm-hmm. we have to fill rooms with stuff like what activity do we need to go do what do they need to be involved in and we we were creating spaces filled with things that they could be alone like and by themselves like, you could go in your room and you have everything you could possibly want in your room. Or yeah. you can go play baseball. You can go play whatever. Like, when we went out and the experiences that we all got to share together, uh, I I know our kids are still really young, but I know the Deacon will, will pipe up every once in a while about things that we did on our trip. Um, those are the things that I think will stand out more than anything. Oh, yeah. Like, those moments they got to share. Good, good ones... Bad ones, you have to take them all all together. Um, and so with our, our trip, there was a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety and a lot of that stuff for me. But, like, I could... The moments when I was able to stop and just, like, look at them, enjoying each other, learning with each other, growing together with each other. Like, that was what I was hoping was going to happen. Yeah. And it's impossible to tell whether that would have happened in the house and or not. Yeah. I don't know, but... Like, those are those, like, nostalgic dad moments when I could just sit back and they don't pay attention to me being here. They're just the three of them being okay all together. Yeah. And sharing this moment and just, like, hoping. Okay, maybe not the table, maybe not the whatever, but, like, I hope you remember this moment. Hmm. And they probably won't.
2: Right.
1: Because Beyblades is coming on in a little while. (laughs) Which takes priority. (laughs) But... Out of, I would say in, in my, my little box, like there's also those photos that represent to me like that moment. Like, yeah. please hold on to this. And they may not because they don't care. Or I was looking from a different perspective and like it was right before they stubbed their toe or they may associate it completely differently. They hated being there, you know, whatever. But those are those moments where I feel like the trajectory forward for them could have been affected. Or I hope they're affected. And so that moment or that experience or that lesson is way more important than a physical, tangible thing. Yeah. Because that, that physical thing is them regressing back and looking back on me rather than them taking that principle or that experience or that shaping moment and make shaping them forward. Yeah. And hopefully it will shape the next people and the next bit. And I think that's really what an heirloom is intended to do is that you're taking... The past, and affecting the future with it, right. and I just think it's so much easier to do that with like a, a lesson or a seed, the mental seed, than it is with Excalibur because Excalibur, could be lost on someone on hard times and end up at the pawn shop, yeah, yeah. or be put in a museum and it just has you know, dedicated from whoever underneath, <clears throat> but. We have our old the Mac that was in here. Um, we bought that Mac in two thousand nine. And it has the photo booth. Do you guys ever play with photo oh, booth? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I take those when I remember. So it's probably every six months or eight months or whatever. But, like, the very first picture is Tiffany and I. Like, just the two of us when we first bought it. And then the next couple of pictures is her pregnant with Deacon. Then, like, there's Deacon when he's a baby. And so <laughs> it's, it is that brief synopsis, like, just in front of this computer. Yeah. Where it has all, like, the face distorting stuff. So it's always really silly and really fun pictures. So... The world that that photo booth gets to take or the story that that photo booth is telling is really fun. Yeah. Right. Because it's it's shaped in that context. Yeah. And so all the terabytes of data that someone has about your life that they're probably not going to weed through. Like if they had to weed through something, I would hope it would be that photo booth strip. Hmm. Because it's, here's our last day in Belgium. This is the last picture I took at the hotel before we got on a, on the plane with this computer. And here's me holding up Isaac for the first time because now he's introduced to the photo booth, like the super condensed version yeah. of my generation. Huh. And it's really fun. And they want to take like a thousand pictures. And I keep telling like, nah, th- that's good. Like Just a couple yeah, so I, that it I, doesn't clutter I, up. I don't yeah. want you to pervert huh. this. I, ju- I want to keep it what it is. Probably against your will and against your wishes because <laughs> yeah. it's just the silliness for them right now. Yeah. But, like, in my mind, I have that association or, like, that goal. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and it's, I mean, that computer has survived. It works just as great now as it did the day I bought it. So it kind of helps that the technology is keeping up. Yeah. But uh, I stopped and looked back through all those. Man, this is a really deep episode, man. I'm about, yeah. to, <laughs> I'm about to get misty here in a second.
0: But... That is really cool to have a kind of single channel to capture like the, like you were saying, like a six month basis Mm -hmm. rather than that our phones are hourly. Right. Right. It's just like, it's so much because in the moment, this seems like the thing that we need to capture in the five minutes from now, that thing seems like the thing we need to capture. That's kind of cool to, to do a six month or yearly thing. Mm-hmm. I, as much as I dislike a lot of things about Facebook, one of the things I do like about it is how they bring back old photos. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because I don't upload that many photos to Facebook hmm. so that the ones that are brought back are ones that I intentionally said, this makes me smile so much that I want to see it again in a year. And I've, I've over the last couple of years, have actively uploaded fa- Facebook photos so that I will see them again in a few years. So mm-hmm. that the only things that they can send me reminders are are not of a car crash, not of the time that I dropped my phone in the toilet, and any of that which I never have. But you know, it's not that type of stuff. It's like, man, this day was awesome. I gotta put that picture up so that in five years when my teenagers are driving me crazy, I see that picture again, you know, if Facebook's still around or whatever. So it's kind of the same kind of thing. So um, maybe we
1: need to make like a time capsule, like a slow leak time capsule. Slow leak time capsule. Okay. So that we can fill it with those kind of moments and then when we die like Oh, they leak out over time. just gives little pieces of huh. those things that we kept sacred and that we want other people <clears throat> to know and it's got context to it maybe. So that they can just little by little
0: over the years. Huh. That's a cool idea. Yeah. That sounds like an app waiting to happen. Right? Yeah.
1: Because when I found my mom wrote me a letter, she wrote me two letters, I think. I, know where, I don't know where the other one was. I have one. Um, but I like all the things that she's ever written. I mean, she's written tons of stuff. Like, I go back to that because that seemed important. But she typed it. So I don't like it because she typed it. Like it it seems a layer removed because it's typed it's not handwritten. Yeah. So that's, uh, there's a part of me that like, if I have an idea, if I have a sketch, if I have a, whatever, a concept, I like to still draw things out because if something happened to me now and the kids want to hold on to something like they, they can see that pen like your, your granddad, like if your granddad had an iPad near the toilet and it was doodling with the Apple pen, <laughs> like, I don't know if that association would be yeah. the same. Yeah. Um, but I remember my mom had terrible handwriting and it was one thing that i laughed about and it was one of those things i mm. just always kept near me and so that the letter that she wrote me it doesn't have that and so that's a piece that is a, it's a layer that is not there that i would hope it would be there yeah so if i were going to put things in that time capsule it would it would be a lot of photos but it would be more photos of things that i actually drew or actually did with my own hand yeah maybe
0: It'd be cool to do that, but also, like, even if you had photos, to do, like, some sort of voice track with it, explaining, like, you were talking about watching the kids interact in a certain way, and they may be totally oblivious of the fact that you were watching. It would be awesome to go back and, like, do commentary Hmm. on why you took pictures of certain things about your kids or or certain moments or, like, you know, any of the stuff that we hold on to because we think it's important relative to our kids to explain why it's relevant. Because like you said, they're going to go through your box and they're not going to know why any of that stuff matters. But if they had a video of you saying like, this matters because it was my thing from that thing in this time Mm -hmm. and whatever, they would actually mean something to them. Maybe, maybe not. I
1: think besides like heartstrings practically, like that's really important because there were things that I needed to know, like about my childhood or about like when Tiffany was was pregnant, my mom was a nurse. And so there was stuff I'm like, did this happen to me as a kid? Like, Mm -hmm. was this a thing? Because I'm not able to remember and she wasn't around to tell me about that story or tell me about, you know, certain times or whatever. So those could be really important just pragmatically. Right. And it reminds me, there was like a Michael Keaton movie a long time ago where he was going to die or something. He was making videos for his son you ever really? see that? Yeah. No, I Where he was so. teaching him how to shave and he was like, always up and down, never sideways. I was, <laughs> I always remember that moment. <laughs> I don't shave anymore, but that moment from that Michael Keaton movie I stuck with me. He was trying to like teach his future son or future kids things because he wasn't going to be around. Huh. I don't remember what movie that was. I don't know. I don't know. I, I got to find it. But it seems appropriate. Yeah. But yeah, like a slow leak time capsule with context.
0: I think okay. it's very good. We, we combine it. R2D2... Ooh. that projects Ooh. projects a memory every six months. That is perfect. Randomly wakes them up in the middle of the night.
2: Like, we got another message.
1: <laughs> wow, that's good. We could just like hint that there's treasure in the first one just to keep people interested. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because <laughs> you just have like a super boring life.
0: <laughs> like, oh, here's a picture of the time I went to the grocery store. Yep. That
1: one episode of Full House was super funny. That <laughs> yeah, was good, that's it.
0: Anyway, we got deep. Yeah, we Hour told. 15.
1: Dang. Dang. That's, right. that's hour and 15 minutes? Yes. Hour, hour, hour D15?
0: No, I said hour <laughs> hour and 15. Hour and. Duh, hour and 16. Yes. All right. Well, let's wrap it up because we're going long. Um, where can people find you?
1: On Instagram, wherever I post pictures of random things. that Now I'm not going to from what we've talked about now, but uh, Instagram at the PI Workshop.
0: Cool. And we're both at? I like to make stuff on all the stuff. And, um, yeah, I'd love to know what you think about this topic. If you're listening, you have some feedback, yeah, let us know somehow, somewhere. All right, that's it for this one. Yeah?
1: Yeah, man. Cool. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.